What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Dark Waters. I'm your host, Josh. Uh, it's Friday. Hope everyone had a great week. I uh, hope you're all excited about the weekend. Uh, a lot of stuff needs to go down. A lot of beer drinking, a lot of fish catching. Just We, we all deserve it, right? The work week probably sucked. Uh, I didn't really do much this week uh, besides work. I went fishing one day. I uh, didn't catch much of anything except some little guys. But, uh, man, I'm ready for this weekend. I got some big plans for tomorrow. I'm going to one of my favorite spots, and uh, hopefully um, this uh, fall transition thing is is happening. We've had some cool weather here the past few days, so hopefully I can. Uh, hopefully they're moving up and uh, not being so finicky, but uh, we'll see. I uh, hope everyone else has some success. Uh, I'm not sure what tournaments are coming up. I know there's something coming up. I saw oh fuck Maine, yeah the the Super Trail in Maine. I was uh, really hoping to go to that, but uh, shit happened and uh, won't be going. So. Uh, Good luck to everyone. Uh, Jason Gardner, I know he probably put on a great event. Uh, he, he's the uh, Northeast guy, uh, tournament director. So I'm sure it's going to be a good time. Obviously, a lot of great anglers, Kim Wood, Derek Brundle. I saw my, my friend Rob P. He's, he's finally come out, of the, uh, come, out, come out of nowhere to start competing again. So uh, good luck to all you guys. Have fun. Be safe. Uh, and think of me. Think of me while you're out there. Um, I'm not sure what else is going on. Um, oh, Darnell, yeah, Darnell, Hobie, uh, Hobie event, Darnell, obviously that's gonna have a lot of sticks there, but, uh, so good luck to everyone there, safe travels, um, uh, yeah, that's what it is, a big weekend, holy shit, dude, I'm, I'm horrible at this, uh, this podcast thing, uh, I gotta start doing some work, get better, uh, but, uh, anyways, uh, good luck to everyone competing this weekend, good luck to everyone who's just going out, hope everyone has fun, uh, but yeah, that's, that's about all I know about. Um, as far as coming up next week, can't really, I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. I'm just ranting now. Um, been day drinking, been, got about a good solid two hours in this shit. So, um, anyways, uh, make sure you guys check out, uh, Exxon Lures, uh, capital D, capital W 15, get yourself a discount on some plastics if you need them. Uh, that's who I use. Uh, just go check them out. See if they got anything that you'd be interested in. Uh, Outdoorsman Coffee, uh, Dark Waters 15, get yourself a discount and stay caffeinated. Um, yeah, not much else than that. Uh, my next guest is Bailey from the, uh, the Serious Angler Podcast. Uh, good friend of mine, fellow New Yorker. He's a little more out west on the Finger Lakes than I am. Uh, we haven't really seen each other much this year because of the, uh, the whole COVID thing and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, man, he's had a fun year. Uh, I remember when I first talked to him this year, he did not plan on competing and then all of a sudden, he just got bit by the bug. He's done multiple big boat tournaments as a co-angler, uh, a few kayaking, uh, kayak uh, tournaments. He just recently won the uh, Bass Nation, I guess, New York State Championship. Uh, got himself a, a ticket to the national championship. Uh, just he's, he's had a fun year running a podcast, fishing some tournaments. Uh, he works for Douglas Rods, which, you know, is a local company around here that's doing really good shit. So, uh Man, it was just fun to talk to him, catch up, and, and you know he's he's a young guy, so you know I'm not the old guy, he's a young guy, and it's funny he's like my mentor when it comes to fishing. So, you know, every time I bring him on, every time I talk to him, I'm, I'm bound to learn something. So, but yeah, you guys should definitely check him out. Uh, make sure you check out Serious Angler Podcast. He's got, he's always got some good guests coming on. Uh, you know, he goes anywhere from the big boat to the kayak uh, community, uh, talks to everyone. So, uh, good friend of mine. Make sure you check him out. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Be safe. Have fun, drink some beer, catch some fish, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao.
Bailey, what's up, bro? Dark Waters. What's going on, man? It's been a while. Uh, dude, I was looking at the thing. It's been almost like seven months. Seven months? Yeah, dude. What the, hell what the hell happened between then, right? I could have sworn I done one earlier than that. No, I had probably the last one I did was yours about seven months ago, maybe, or vice versa. But, yeah, we've had a pandemic, uh, civil war, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. There's a whole, a whole lot of shit's happened in between then. But, uh, um, Dang. so, uh, how was you went in the water today? Where'd you go and how was it? Uh, I went out to one of our local Finger Lakes practicing um, for a tournament coming up. Uh, November, just doing like a pre pre practice, but nothing crazy. But what's, uh, what's, the, what's the tournament up here in November gonna be like? I mean, I'm done fishing by November. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out this long this year because I'm gonna go do uh, Chickamauga in November with the uh, with bass. But uh, I always like you know me. Once hunt season starts, like I'm about killing shit, not catching it. <laughs> uh november here i don't have a lot of experience here in november but essentially it's pretty much you're throwing like a rigs swim baits jerk baits, baits. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much it's pretty much the way you like the fish though right because that's you like fishing early spring so i imagine it's similar to that right yeah yeah it's it's fairly similar you're, the fish are, i think a little bit more condensed though um they're a little bit harder to find uh, just because it's, you know, it's it's not a, where the spring, everything's heating up, whereas right. fall, everything's cooling down. So it's, it can be tough. I don't have a lot of experience with it. It's definitely going to be a learning curve for me this fall, because now that I have a lot of time to really put a lot of effort forth through learning the fall bite, I think it's going to be interesting. But I've heard a lot of really good things that it's just stupid numbers once you find them. So right. I'm looking forward to that. But I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, it's gonna be a lot of learning, which I'm excited for. Well, what's today like? Cause I'm having a, I'm going out tomorrow. I'm going to a Tisco tomorrow. I think it's gonna be a, a pretty good bite. But uh, the last few weeks, the weekend was really tough for me. Uh, the last, actually for like the last week, I don't know if it's just cause of the, uh, the cooler nights or whatever. But I just had a hard time really like finding a pattern. Um, found a bunch of smallmouth that were kind of grouped up. But as far as like, like it's not really like a regular summer pattern, but. It, but it's not really like they're, they're not really in the fall pad. I don't see them running a lot of bait up shallow yet either. So it's kind of like it's kind of been like they don't really know what they're doing. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, right now, like this week for a lot of us up north, you know, the guys down south, they haven't seen anything, any difference yet. I was talking to my buddy Josh Bertrand out in Arizona. and He said that this is like their. 13th consecutive day over 100 degrees so like they have they have no difference there but up here you know last week we got some uh some mornings that you know started out in for high 40s yeah and low 50s and for anybody up north knows what that means that means fall is upon us so it uh we're gonna get start switching gears to the fall which is gonna be really good and take advantage of uh that those morning those mornings where it's kind of cooler Cause uh, it's gonna it's gonna have fish chasing bait, so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool to uh, to capitalize on that. You know, it's a lot of guys, you know, in the the, the heat of summer, you know, a, a cool a cold front like that, you know, it, it turns those fish off. But as we ramp up in the fall, it's gonna it's yeah, gonna have yeah. those fish chasing bait, so it's gonna get them feeling a little bit more right because they've been pressured, they've been hit like like a year they've never been hit before with this COVID crap, but um 
what, what's going down is all these hot water temps are, are switching gears and they're getting back to those temps where it's going to have them a little bit more active and uh it's it's gonna be fun and, you know it's here it's i'm excited for it i like to get up and have on bibs and a sweatshirt personally i love that i hate sweating my butt yeah. off at 6 30 in the morning so i i like it personally yeah, yeah me too like i like just just a sweatshirt and some pants uh but not cold enough where i gotta wear like boots or anything like that like i can i can still wear like flip-flops or croc <laughs> but everything everything else has got to be like uh like covered up a little bit but uh you know i'm just wait i'm ready because like i said it's been kind of tough for me but i know like any day now it's, it's just gonna be like fire like i'm gonna throw the i'm gonna throw out the uh whopper whopper and it's, it's just gonna be on it's uh so the fall especially right now it's going to be a lot of searching, and then once you find them, you really find them, and then it's probably going to be something you can stay on for a few hours, and if they're going to move, they're not going to move too far. Um, so once you hone in on them, you can hone in on them probably for a week or so. Uh, but again, I don't have a lot of expertise in that. So I'm just speaking from experience in in recent couple of years of when I have gotten on them, but um, it's the fall bite is interesting because – like I told you, it's a lot of searching, and once you do find them, you naturally you're gonna find them for a while. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, it, all they're doing, all they're, these fish are doing, is they're going back to their spring holes. Right, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, just it's pretty much the same thing as spring. Um, and that's pretty much what we're gonna be hanging out to what for the rest of the fall, right? Yeah. So the way mine mine works, and I, I'm not like I said. And this goes for a lot of the stuff I say. It might not be correct because <laughs> yeah. I, I like to I like to learn, but I also like to try to put my own spin on it or my own opinion. So this is my opinion. So com- you, anybody listening or even yourself completely to, are completely okay to tell me to shut the hell up and tell me I don't know. <laughs> but the way my mind works is if you know the spring when things heat up, they they move from wintering holes to those transition areas to shallow and then back out. Well, in my mind, in the fall, you got to reverse that. Right. So they're going right. to go back summer holes. They're going to find that grass and then they're going to start pushing their way back towards those spring holes and then the wintering holes as it gets to towards December. Right. So I, that's the way I've been following it. Um, and I started doing that a little bit and it's worked thus far. So we'll see if we keep uh, trying to follow them that way and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm going to Tisco tomorrow. So I'm, I'm going with some pretty high expectations. Um, it could be a lot of know. fun. You have yeah, those small I, I, up. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it's gonna be a good bite. But uh, I want to talk about you just for a little bit, man. Like you've had a uh, a really cool year. I mean, not not only with the podcast, uh, you know, working around with Douglas, but uh, you know, I know this is a more, mainly a kayak uh, podcast, I and mean, you are a kayak angler. But we all know like, you, anyone that knows you knows that you love the big boat, um, and that that's kind of where your where your passion is. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like you really kind of like I feel like you really put yourself out this year. And like, I've only known you for like maybe two years. Maybe three, but really only got to know you like within like the last year, year and a half. But uh, like you really seem like you you did a lot more tournaments. You put yourself out there, did some of the I guess you would call the bigger tournaments, especially for up here, uh, fishing some of the bigger fisheries like uh, the St. Lawrence, uh, Cayuga. I think you did one Oneida. And this was all just saw uh, as a, as a co angler. And I'm just like I'm really curious. I never really cared about that world. Never really got into it. Uh, but it doesn't mean it doesn't like. It's not something that I, you know, I would want to learn about, and, and like, especially like your experience, because you know everything you do is going to make you a better angler, regardless of what route you decide to go. But uh, uh, you pretty much you did everything as a co-angler, and kind of like what did you do? Like, you know, what organizations did you fish for? 
um, and just kind of what your role is like in these, these tournaments that you, that you were doing that you end up making money and paying for your other tournaments. Uh, so the co-angling stuff I did, I did two BFLs at uh, Cayuga, which sucked to say the least. I, that's my favorite lake by far. And uh, I didn't even put up a limit either days. Um, the, the first day, well, it was it was tough because like that's probably you know and I was talking amongst the guys who fished that lake a lot too and um, they a couple of them did well as boater um, but they all kind of agreed that like that's you know it's fishing tougher than we've seen it in a long time and um, granted you know I am at the mercy of a boater and their decisions right uh, I still kind of expected myself to catch a limit but you know for me when I joined those BFLs it was last minute. Because Doug was supposed to have a tournament on Oneida that weekend, but it got canceled due to having like 40 plus people from out of state signed up from states that are from the travel ban crap that, you know, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but so they canceled that. So I was like, all right, well, I guess the BFL is going on. Might as well hop into that. So uh, I hop in, hopped into that and uh, I, I, I didn't join for money. I didn't join to win. I didn't do any of that. I kind of joined in with the hope that I would land a boater that um you know i could learn from i could talk to you ask questions uh i can walk away with something that i learned um and both guys were good guys um uh, I, I wouldn't say i got frustrated i think more of i guess my my expectations were too high uh, i beat my boater both days which usually isn't supposed to happen uh, but essentially, we just ran community holes and community holes at time of year. You have 30 boats on them circulating it, and it's just absolutely brutal. I had like nine pounds the first day for three fish, which I was like in 22nd for or something like that. So I couldn't complain. If I had if I had five, I mean, who knows? It could have made things interesting. But um, right. it was it was a good learning experience to getting into it, figuring out the highs and the lows. Um, and that's the only BFL I did. To be honest, I probably won't do another BFL <laughs> um, unless I'm, I'm in the boat. But um then i went up to the only other co-angler event i did uh was a st lawrence and i went up there and stayed with a couple of buddies and we practiced that week and uh had an amazing time and i got was fortunate to land uh dean meckes um i doubt i mean i hope he could he could listen to this because then shout out to dean uh he's a he's actually a guy in the st lawrence he's uh he travels I think he guides down in Florida. I think he said Okeechobee a little bit in the winter, but he's a guy on the St. Lawrence River. So like, I went to my, my buddy Casey and I told him, "I got Dean Meckes. I've never heard of him. You've ever heard of him?" He goes, "Dude, you had like you have the best draw out of all the co-anglers." And I was <laughs> like, "Okay, that's good to know." And I called him the night prior and you know, kind of got the gist of like, "Hey, uh, you know, as a co-angler, you, you want to talk to him and get a lay of the land of. Don't ask him what exactly specific details you're going to be doing." To be like, hey man, what should, we, what should I be prepared for? That sort of thing. So that he's like, he's like, hey, we're gonna be drop shotting all day. All right, cool. <laughs> so I rigged up three drop shots. <laughs> That's all I brought. And Dean was the coolest dude. Was completely open and okay with me asking questions about his mindset, why his drifts were set up the way it was, different things like that. And uh, it, at the end of the day, like he told he told me himself too. He goes, it didn't feel like a tournament. It felt like two buddies going out fun fishing. And nice. we. We slaughtered him, and Dean came in third, and I came in second on the co-angler side, and I got lunker with a five-five-nine. Uh, it, it, it was an absolute blast. We we caught so many fish that day. 
so huge shout out to Dean. That was a lot of fun. And uh, next week, uh, we have the next Fed event for Cayuga. Um, so Dean will be there. Hopefully he makes the regional, uh, top nine make regional. So I'm hoping to, I think if I just get a limit, I'll be, I'll be qualified for the regional. Uh, hopefully they're not just, you know, one pounders. So hopefully get a limit of two pounders. We'll be sitting pretty. We'll, we'll make the regional. But, um, I, like I said earlier, I mean, I joined the co-angler stuff to learn from the boater. Uh, I don't join it for money. I don't join it for wins. If they happen, great. But um, I, I join it for the sole purpose of trying to observe from the back of the boat, learn different things, whether it's literally from etiquette, stuff that I didn't know about, ethics, uh, and then different uh, tips, positioning, mindset, the whole nine yards. So that's why I joined those. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Did a lot of boat derbies this year. I did two kayak derbies. One I sucked. And then the other one I won, thankfully. But it's yeah. been a good year. I, I started out in January saying I wasn't going to fish any tournaments whatsoever. I was just going to learn. And uh, right. <laughs> my my buddy asked me to fish a tournament, and we got second with 27 pounds. And after that, I was pretty much screwed. So I was like, I want to fish tournaments now. And went on a – yeah, just tried to find and schedule as much as I could. So that's pretty well, much hey, can, you, can you explain to me, like, the uh, – because you say that you, you – you, it's like you, you put your name in as a co-angler or something, and you just get who you get. I always thought, like, whenever you see it, you see a boater, and I figured the co-angler was his buddy, and those guys just worked his team. And, you know, the co-angler was just a co-angler, but it was a team that was purposely put together to help out uh, the weather, whoever the angler was. And then when I was talking to you, it kind of seemed like you guys put in your name. and It's almost like a caddy, like when you go to a golf course. Like you don't really know who your caddy is going to be, uh, but you just get a caddy and – Hopefully you get a good one who, you know, knows his shit and helps you and give you – maybe give you advice or tell you what – if you ask him, he'll tell you what he thinks of whatever. Or you know what I'm getting at. So I'm kind of confused on how this whole uh, – like co-angler, like what's the point of having a co-angler? How does that help the, uh, the angler? And especially if it sounds like you're racking up a score as well. So I, I kind of don't know what the uh, the point of the purpose of the co-angler and how, it, how that relationship, uh, you know, is relative to the actual, I guess, pro-angler, whoever's there. So, for a for the boater, there really there really isn't a huge huge advantage to a co-angler. Yeah. Uh, essentially, that person's there with the possibility of stealing your fish, and that's not what you want as a boater. Right. Uh, but no, so it's a random draw. So boaters register, pay their dues, and you can have links. So a link, uh, my buddy who's my boater, Link, uh, Liam Blake, good kid that I grew up with, played hockey with. He's my link. So I can never get drawn with him, but it's essentially it's guaranteeing that you're going to have one boater per one co-angler going into that event. So you have all these pairs because you try to make it as equal as you can. So that worst case scenario, you have more more boaters than co-anglers so that a co-angler is not, not screwed and can't fish. Uh, so essentially what it is, is a co-angler puts their money in for that event, boater puts their money in for that event. They get randomly drawn together, um, and their phone numbers are given by the tournament director. They call each other and communicate, and then they meet each other at the ramp or whatever that morning of the tournament and go out and fish. So the co-angler has to catch uh, five. Some some of them do three three uh, fish limits, but it's you know the boater's got to catch his limit, and then the co-angler's got to catch his limit, and they're completely separate. So okay. yeah, so the. The idea of it is the boater's going to go fish and the co-angler is trying to pick up scraps, essentially. 
uh, if you have a boater and a co-angler competing, that's not what you want because that just goes that turns ugly. Um, yeah. My uh, Chad Smith, a guy who I had on my podcast, he uh, won I think co-angler of the year for the Bass Opens. Uh, and he's a good dude because I, I reached out to him before this and I had asked him any, any advice. Uh, and if anybody's looking to try the co-angler stuff, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it can go it can go really bad. I will tell you that though because you might have a I won't even get into the story. Um, uh, but you're essentially you're making you're going into the to learn, but you're also making the casts that the boaters aren't making, and that's right. kind of how you stuff effective. Um, but oh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a random pairing. It's not like you you don't know who you have going into it. You learn the night before, and then you figure out your plan from there. So I mean, it could be really frustrating, like depending on how serious you take it, because. I mean, granted, you were with one, the best at the time, but say you get put with some shithead who wants to go fish a way that you like. Like I, we, we all know you like to go offshore, but you got some guy who decides he wants to go bank fishing on the St. Lawrence or something like that. You know, like, that could just that could drive you crazy. For what's not the way you want to fish, and you know, two, like you don't have any control over what the. I mean, it's, it's his boat. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a different aspect of things you kind of have a you have to have a good outlook because you know if a boat is on a really good pattern dock fishing you might as well you know hang almost hang them up because dock fishing you're pretty much getting backboated the whole time right. you better right. hope that fish cruising off of it but um you know it's it's something you got to take with a grain of salt you don't want to compete with your boater uh but yeah i, I mean i will say i will have i did have a guy that went into an area that i knew wasn't effective um i wasn't going to tell him what to do if he asked me what to do i probably would have recommended something but it wasn't my place to recommend because uh, it was his tournament i wouldn't want to get in the way of it right uh, and you know some frustration gets in and you know i, I put a video out of out of it and and i tried to be as most as most respectful as i could and i, I just pretty much said i don't like people that give up and that's pretty much what i left it at uh so it's I will say there are some bad experiences, and I've only done a couple times, but I'm sure there's other horror stories that are out there. Um, but for the most part, it's a really good experience, um, especially if you can find a good friend uh, who you can practice with that with that week because you can get on their boat, um, and essentially you can kind of get that experience with them. Um, you know, Liam, Liam's a good, like I said, a good buddy of mine, and I, I learned a bunch from him that week uh, because – you know, one day we kind of like fished together, like on the front deck, but then I kind of like told him like, I'm going to practice from the back deck just so I can get ready for the tournament. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good learning experience for sure. And you kind of learn how to break water down in different ways that you didn't right. think gives you a chance to kind of get creative and try new, new things, new, new presentations that you might not have tried, you know, when you're on your own kayak, you know, and you're making those decisions or, right. or whatever. So so what's the uh, you know because you know just recently well last weekend I guess uh, you did the uh, what is it called it's called the Bass Nation or the yeah. New York State because it's called Bass Nation right because people yeah. are like oh it's Bass Ma-. okay so the Bass Nation which is like some kind of like it's part of Bass Masters uh, but it's a it's a state event not a national event uh, it was the first one in New York uh, they did it on Oneida I think what 12 13 people uh, did it just because it was just, it was a weird way it was promoted and it just didn't come together the way but it, we, but there's gonna be potential for it to be big bigger next year but it being the first year obviously a great lake um and you won uh you know especially uh it, i know it wasn't an easy day maybe not because of uh the fish but because you had like 2,000 
red, you know, red blooded Americans <laughs> drinking Bud Light on their boats with uh, big giant Trump signs running around, um, you know, yeah. doing American, do, doing what they do best. Um, so yeah. I imagine it was it was quite the experience. But uh, you had a great day. You won. You won it with Smallmouth. Uh, what was it? What was it like? Uh, you know, the uh, I mean, obviously I know you pre-fish. You always go in prepared. Uh, what was that day of fishing like? Yeah, so first, I just, I just got to give credit to Tyler, first of all, just because, you know, what's going on with bass, they're doing a great thing getting into the kayak side of it. Um, but Tyler kind of had, you know, he was kind of thrown, thrown the bone right. and said, hey, it's all you by yourself. Run with it. And yeah. uh, it, it's definitely a tough job. And, you know, you give the guys at NYKBF a huge credit because they kill the game when it comes to directing tournaments. And they've had a lot of experience with it. Um so, but Tyler has had a lot of plans. He's already talking about improving stuff for next year, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that trail next year. Um, but it's it's kind of a it's a heightened game with bass, just for me, um, just because you have that shot at going across the classic stage, and that's something I dreamt about as a kid. So, right. um, yeah, 12, 12 guys, uh, way like a lot bigger of a payout than a lot of people are used to. I think it was like a I think we were talking earlier because there is multiple memberships and that is kind of annoying, but they're working. I hope they work ways around that because that does get annoying. Yeah. Uh, I'll be rude. That that annoyed me. But um, essentially, the tournament for me, you know, I went out. Uh, it's a lake that, you know, prior to this spring, I fished once uh, two summers ago. Um, and I just knew that that's one tournament I wanted to make because I wanted to get down to Texas. Uh, so I said, you know, if I really want it, I need to put myself in a place where it's, I have a high percentage of, of doing so. So I went out probably once a week, I shouldn't say once a week, once every other week, uh, for the past two months. Um, and basically kind of just went out searching and, uh, tried to figure out the fish, what they're doing. Um, and had a bunch of days and I'll be completely honest. I had probably four days where I didn't see or catch or feel any bite whatsoever. Yeah, uh, nice. I like that. It's fishing really tough, but um, all that work kind of came down to fine tuning on Thursday and Friday. Figured them out pretty good and beat the living hell out of them on Saturday. So yeah, yeah. When I when I woke up and I was just checking because I ended up just going fishing in a different lake because I didn't want to take anything from you guys. And plus, I was scared of all the uh, the Trumpsters with their with their boats. <laughs> Six hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to get caught in that mess, but uh. You know, I, you know, I checked the uh, standings and I saw what you had. I'm like, ooh, Bailey's got this. Like, he, like, I mean, you were on it. Like, you, like, you could just tell, like, no one else is going to fuck. Because I, mean, I think it, like, Oneida is one of those lakes. It's like, uh, especially this time of year with all the pressure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, especially with it being like in this, this weird pattern that they're in right now. It's like, I feel like it's the person who finds like the, uh, the group of smallies is probably going to win because the largemouth just aren't where you would think they would be right now because I went, I went out like a few days before you had fish and I was just like I had a hard time and so I had to go out uh deeper and try out some other spots and had some luck but as far as like you know Big Bay and all those some of those areas that are known to have uh you know good fish and just weren't really producing that day and I, I, I kind of knew that someone like you was going to go in there and find them group somewhere yeah I mean the smallmouth definitely play and like you said um and we've stated before is this year like the lakes are getting so much more pressure than they're used to in recent years. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a lot of work uh, to put in to find them. Those largemouth, I mean, Jake Moulton definitely found the largemouth and yeah. I've gone up and looking for some uh, and I've definitely found some, 
Um, and I definitely, it was in my plan to switch gears at noon to go try to find just a freaking giant to kind of capitalize my bag. Cause I don't check the standings all day. I don't check them at all whatsoever. I put it, I put my fish in. I don't, I not from, I don't check the, the rankings from after like the tournament starts until the tournament is over and they reboot the, the standing. That's the only time I look at them. Because right. uh, it messes. If I looked at it throughout the day and I saw like either I wasn't first or not, it, either way it messes with my head. Um, very, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but uh, essentially I didn't look at it at all. So I I fished the whole day like I was chasing somebody. Uh, uh, try to get comfortable and also know that uh, what I have isn't enough to keep try to upgrading. Right. Uh, I got stuck. <laughs> I got stuck where I was and I couldn't go for largemouth, so I stayed put and stayed on my small mouth for a majority yeah, I was about to say like you, you found an area that wasn't uh full of people you probably want to stay there because like i mean when i drove when i drove by around like 11 or 12 i'm like dude there was just like it just looked like thousands of boats and you know going from big bay all the way as far as the eye could see from the uh the 81 bridge i'm like those poor those poor bastards you know because yeah. I, 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 you know, I mean oh not i mean it's a big lake but it's not huge like you can easily you know make Ventures back forth across and getting into different um, coves and stuff pretty easily, but on a day like that, I don't know what's happening. I don't know those people. Those people like to play and party, and I'm just like I'm not. Because I mean, like, what it looked like, I never seen so much. Uh, whatever the wakes coming off those boats just seemed like they never ended. It was a. I don't know what the numbers was. I think Tyler was saying it was like 600 boats or something like that, and they weren't bass boats. You know, they uh, were wake boats they were house boats they were speed boats and they weren't they weren't idling and they weren't going crazy they weren't buzzing people they were going at that slow speed where their waves are massive and dude i mean no matter where you were on oneida you were getting hit by those waves and i i would say certified certified four to five footers i lost probably 30 45 minutes of fishing time because i had to put the poles down because i couldn't efficiently stay where i was right out possibly tipping over and god forbid i set the hook and freaking a wave hits at that right time and sends me flying right. so I, had, I was holding on to the bottom of my seats and just letting the wave uh. i was letting him kick my ass and i was like i was gonna ride it out and then i'm like eventually these boats have to stop and it didn't seem like it for a while but they stopped and i got back to fishing so it was tough but uh you know like it's just one of those deals it's summer it's tough and when you find them you find them and when you find them, you got to stay on them. So that's what I did. Yeah. And it was one of those days, like, I didn't lose a single fish. You know, I had, I probably caught over 40 fish. I, it just, the big bites came to me. I, I the, my 18 and a half inch smallmouth was the biggest smallmouth I ever caught on that lake. Yeah. Tournament day. So it was kind of one of those things where all things kind of went right. You hear that a lot for the winners, like it, everything went right. Uh, and that's kind of what you need for to win on a tournament day you need things to go right you need those big bites to show up and uh right. so i'm fortunate for it and now i'm looking forward to headed down to texas in march well cool man what, i mean like we're at the uh the, you know kind of the end of the season for a lot of i know you, you still got one coming up in november and i got a random tournament coming up in november that i just decided like out of nowhere i was gonna go do but uh i mean a lot of trails are shutting down here pretty soon um have you started looking like look forward to like, what you think now after what you experienced this year with the uh you know so if you did in the big boats uh, I know you only did two kayak tournaments, but you also, but you made it to one of the big shows, which was one of your goals. Um, what do you think about next year? Do you think you're going to ramp it up some? Do you think you're going to go one more direction, whether it be kayak or, 
boat? Have you just have you looked into it all? Because I mean, you know, I think our first conversation on the on the uh, podcast was about you really dedicating and jumping into this um, because you're a great angler, um, and it's not fair that uh, all these other guys going out there, you know, cashing checks. And I'm like, ooh, Bailey could probably go and cash some checks. I mean, you're the guy I go to whenever I got questions. You know so much. You've been doing your own show and even before you did your podcast for a while. Like, I mean, you grew up with a fishing pole in your hand. Like, this is this is something you love doing. Have you thought about ramping it up and really, like, pushing for something? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think, you know, but there's a, a bunch of different variables. Like, I want to, yes. Um, but it's going to come down to two different things, and that's going to be, one, the job. Well, actually three different things one's going to be a job because uh, that's still not finalized yet things are in the works but not finalized um and then it's gonna come down to whatever the hell is going on with this freaking covid thing yeah uh, I hear you. see what happens there and then uh you know i have want to get that big stage i'm looking forward to the national championship and i think you know I'm, i want to head down the week prior to get my practice in and try to figure these fish out and i think depending on how that goes how my brain functions during that big event Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll make my decision there if I try to go and fish, you know, some of the more national derbs next year. But I'm definitely going to fish the Bass Nation New York ones next year. Um, I think those are going to definitely pick up. And uh, if Hobie, you know, if Hobie or Bass comes up in the Northeast, I'm sure I'll hop in that. Right. Um, but like traveling, um, I'm going to make that decision to see how I how I do in the national championship. Because if if I spin out just from the pressure, because who knows what it's going to be. And I could say I could say right now I'll be calm, collected that day, but who knows? Right. In the morning, I, I might be so juiced up and just break a rod in the first hook set or something. But right, uh, we'll see what my mental state is there, and because you know fishing is such a mental sport, and um, we'll see what happens. I'll make my decision from there and see how I do. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so another thing I wanted to bring on, uh, just it's just something that was like hitting my head. Uh, you know, just you know, it's been it's been a weird year. Uh, it hasn't been my best you know tournament year, but it's been like my best year as far as like just getting better as an angler, trying different things, um, and just kind of learning the craft better. And, you know, one of the things that have really dawned on me is, is equipment setups, uh, especially like uh, a few weeks ago when I went to uh, Lake George, uh, you know, how, how important the equipment really was. Cause I just, not only was I, I wasn't really prepared to fish the way I did, but the equipment that I had just, it just wasn't doing what I think I needed to do. Um, and so I know we're in this weird, you know, era of fishing where like, um, you know, everything's marketed to be this and you, you know, you watch any uh, informational YouTube video, you know, oh, I'm going to learn about this. and then, But for the first 10, 15 minutes, the guy's just trying to sell you a rod um, and uh, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, it's pretty much him selling shit, which is cool. we got to make your money. But, uh, you know, rods are something that I really, that, that, you know, the kinds of rods that I want to get, you know, what, that I want, um, the specifics of them now is something that I'm really starting to think about. But I'm also, you know, coming from the perspective of a kayak angler, and I know that performance doesn't really change but space, room, and those things are different than what you, you know, what someone, you know, what, what a person in a, in, a bit, in a big boat can carry is different than what I can carry. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious with you, since you, you've done both, uh, you work closely with Douglas Rods. Uh, one of the conversations I remember specifically us having when we were talking about rods and performance is everything to you. Um, and that's, that's, that's exactly those are your words. If I, I'm quoting that shit. Uh, performance yeah. is everything to me. And that's cool, but I, I just want to know. You know, what we really thoughts about it because, and like I said, everyone, you know, everyone's got a preference too when it comes like to a Pacific rod for uh, whatever Pacific technique. You know, even I, with the limited knowledge that I have, have decided like what kind of rods I like for certain techniques. But uh, what does it really mean to you, performance? And like, what are you really looking for rods? And how do you fi- how do you figure out what was important to you 
Um, like I said, it's different for everyone uh, for technique. I know there's some things that are just the same. I know if you're fishing heavy grass, you need a you know a heavy you know raw you know those things. But like just really getting down to like your specific setups and why you choose these things and you know what it took you to get to where you're confident enough to decide that these were the things that you wanted in a rod. Yeah. So you know you hear all the time of you know people saying that you don't need anything crazy to catch a fish, and they're exactly correct. Yeah. And I'll 100% stand by that statement, but at the end of the day, you need a specific rod to land 100% or as close to 100% of those fish using that technique of choice at the end of the day. And I'll stand by that as well. I mean, you, for me, I don't, at the end of the day, when I'm fishing and I lose a fish, I want it to be completely my fault and not the equipment that I use. Right. Because there's nothing more frustrating than you know, it's being equipment area, uh, error, uh, something that you did perfectly at the end of the day, your equipment failed you. Uh, so for me, um, and thankfully I'm with Douglas. So and it's been a huge help for me, uh, rod wise, um, because they make high performance rods as, as you know. Um, and for me, I got to work closely with them. You know, I was very technique specific with my rods coming into, uh, working with Douglas, but since working with them and talking to Fred Kintawi, the rod designer, um, and talking, thankfully that dude talks my ear off because I talk his ear off with questions too. Um, so we have a lot of, we've had a lot of long conversations of talking back and forth on rod selection, what's good with what, what modification be, uh, you can have made. Um, but for me, like my biggest things are, you know, I want something, what biggest thing is trust. Cause you, you want to know that those rods perform. So basically what I did is I, I bought a bunch of different ones that I wanted, um, to try out and I put them through the gridiron and I uh what I would do is kind of put a setup that I thought would work and I would kind of like work it to its absolute max where you know if if I wanted to throw a jig I was I was setting the hook a lot harder than you needed to uh just kind of trying to test like right if you can trust the rods like I don't really know a great way to explain it but long story short I trusted these rods and essentially started to break down each different thing uh, toward its its lure or presentation uh, specific, you know, you, you get my point there. I'm not looking for big words or anything special. Yeah. For me, I, I know who you are. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm down to, I have 14 rods right now. I don't bring out 14. Um, if I upgrade the kayak, I probably will try to bring 14 because I'm crazy like that. But um, for me, uh, did you want me to go through all the setups that I have? And kind uh, no, of- not, not, not necessarily all your setups. Like, here, let's see if you can answer a question like this. Like, um, you know, you got 14 rods. Um, but you also – because we also got to think about things like uh, – because neither one of us are got huge sponsors. You're, uh, you just got out of college. I got, like, seven kids up there eating everything in at the refrigerator right now, but we just got, we got variables. So you know, we're very limited financially to like the things we can do. And then and what, that's one of the problems I have now. Cause you know, I, you know, because of my, where I was like last year, right. I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't just buy shit to the rods. Now I have an arsenal, but now I'm getting to that point where like, now I need more Pacific performance type stuff because you know, I, I just experienced now. So, you know, when you look at something like you, did you base everything, you know, especially like when you went to someone like Douglas, like off Pacific techniques, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that they want to fish like 100 different techniques. But I'm like, I can't do that. But what I could do now 
is maybe decide what like my really what my depending on where I want to fish in the water column, the uh, time of year, but and the, the techniques I want to use. Really decide like what rods I want to use and really like say like I, like I love throwing a chatterbait. I throw that a uh, majority of the time of the year. So I decided what I want my chatterbait rod to be. Uh, you know, and, and just going through the things that I, that I thought I wanted performance-wise out of it. Uh, same thing with the square bill, a drop shot rod now, uh, things like that. Like, what did you do to kind of figure out without financially, you know, uh, exhausting yourself, but also having the specific rods that you need? Did you Was it based off the techniques you throw and you just built off those? Or, or what? Or do you just have a lot of – I mean, do you have a lot of uh, multi-purpose rods? Does that help with, you know, deciding what kind of – like what your arsenal is going to be or what? So – that makes any sense. That's a yeah, long no, yeah. question. No, no, I totally get what you're saying. Um, and I, like, I get on with Douglas right now, but I'll totally put it out there. Uh, Abu Garcia Vendetta series has a great lineup for. It doesn't cover everything, but it covers a lot, and they're only eighty dollars. I had like five or six Vendettas, uh, and that's what I rocked with. And like, there's some Bass Pro series that are good. Lou's has some good ones that are all within that affordable price that do get technique specific. Um, so you can totally get away with those. Um, but for me, learning what was good, um, obviously I wanted to put them in my hands and use different things. It was also a multitude of, I worked at Field and Stream for a couple of years uh, and I had guys coming in that I knew were good. And when they did come in, I took advantage of the time to follow them around the shop and ask them different questions. <laughs> And uh, they knew every time coming in, if I was working, they'd probably have to be in 15 minutes longer than they were thinking because I would be asking so many questions. But uh, and I, was, I was fortunate to have people over social media or I'd see them at the lake and I'd ask them a bunch of different stuff. And I have people who I'd fish with, like my uh, my buddy Alex Coral, who uh, I haven't fished with in a long time. A really good dude and insanely, insanely good uh, good angler. He's a hammer. Uh, but he took me out to Erie and showed me a bunch of different stuff. And he's the guy who taught me how to fish deep um, and showed me because he rocks all um, uh, Dobbins. I uh, can't even remember what the series is called. But not, not, never mind that. But it's essentially he kind of showed me why rod specifics are so important. So uh, that's kind of something that helped me narrow down what I was looking for. And he kind of helped me. He, he allowed me to use some stuff um therefore i could you know kind of get a feel for what sh- it what it should feel like uh what i should feel when throwing a chatterbait or a, a drop shot what kind of parabolic bend uh do you want for that presentation right um so that was a big help of having peers uh to assist me and learning from others and, and then taking what i've learned from them and applying it myself and then making my own adjustments um but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many affordable setups out there that you can get into that are technique specific, and companies are doing a great job at making those even those lower end rods technique specific, so that you have a stepping stone for when you are able to upgrade and get something a little bit better. So what were like, let's just say like four rods that you that, that are always going to go out with you, um, and, t- and why? Like what 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 specific techniques? And actually, you know, some of the reasons why you have, like, just say four rods that are always your, on your boat, no matter what. Uh, first and foremost would be a, it's a DXS, so Douglas X Matrix 610 3XF. It's a 6 foot 10 medium light, extra fast. Uh, it's my tried and true drop shot rod, and that's the only thing that stays on it. Um, if I forget, if I forget rods or a buddy's using rods, and I'll, I, you can throw a Ned head on it, it works great for a Ned, but 
uh, pretty much 24-7, it always has a drop shot rigged up. Um, that thing is absolutely insane. If you want, if you're in the market for a high quality drop shot rod, uh, you need to check out the 610 3XF. Uh, it's very, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, well, we just, I can't announce that publicly, but it's <laughs> been given high praise by many big time anglers. So I will just put it that, that, um, another rod that I bring out is the, my Douglas, it's a DXC. So the X matrix casting, uh, it's a seven foot four, it's a seven, four, four F seven foot four. It's a medium heavy. Um, I like that because I, I, a lot of times I have a football jig rigged up in some sort of manner, um, some sort of jig head, heavier jig head on that. So I like the seven foot four because that's very versatile. And I also throw chatterbaits on that, on the yeah. seven foot four. Um, what else do I throw on the seven foot four? Um, actually the seven four four, um, for those who don't like a huge, you know, beef stick for a frog makes a great frog rod. Uh, great for dock skipping. Uh, has that softer tip, so you can you can skip it. Like you can skip that thing damn well. Um, all year round. I like a I like a seven two four. Uh, it's a Douglas LRS seven two four F in casting. Um, it's it's not. You know, when you get really technique specific, some things are better, but you can throw a deeper crank on it. You can throw a jerk bait. You can throw a, a medium diver. You can throw a square bill. You can throw a Kai tech on it. You can do a whole, it's a, it's kind of a workhorse. You can do a lot of things with it. Uh, so I think if one, if you want to do, that's kind of good for a lot of stuff. 724 is great. Uh, so I'd go with that one. And then, oh man, one that I always bring out with me. Always. I mean, I kind of always bring out either a big, uh, big swim bait or an A rig, just because this is just to have it, just to have right. fun, play around with it. So uh, it's a Douglas LRS. It's an 805F. It's an eight foot heavy, heavy fast. Uh, so that's fun to throw mag drafts, eight foot or not eight foot, eight inch mag drafts on that thing. Not only is it super sensitive, and it it that parabolic bend like it bows over when you get bit but it also wrenches them in like my buddy and i were throwing mag drafts and we were boat flipping four and a halfs like with ease with that thing it's a it's a beef stick and a half but it's a lot of fun so i'll say those but there's definitely more that people can bring out depending on their region and what you right. fish shallow deep whatever so yeah well that's cool that's just kind of that's the weird spot i'm in right now as far like I'm slowly starting to like upgrade the things that, you know, the way I like to fish and the Pacific techniques that I really, cause you know, I can't do all like, you know, I, I probably fish about eight, eight to 10 different techniques, but there's only like four that I, I do. Like I'm all like, pretty much the other ones are just desperation techniques. And the other four are just like my, you know, they're, they're just my go-to depending on where I want to fish in the water column and, and things like that. Or the, uh, depending on how, you know, what, how, how thick the shit I'm going to be fishing in. So I'm really looking at like trying to upgrade those first and it's going to take time. Cause I, I don't, I can't, call Doug's but hey I got $300 or all I have is $300 at this time I can't I can't drop $1,200 on rods right now my wife will so cut my balls off um <laughs> you know so it's you know simply but, but, but the thing that I'm starting to say now I slowly really want I, I'm slowly getting into performance I just, there's there's just some things that I've learned this year um you know especially when it came to drop shot like what I really want out of a rod because I just wasn't getting it with the one I had and it was just it was frustrating because I did lose fish um and it, you know it's it just like it just 
there's only so much you can blame yourself on, you know what I mean? Before it's like, okay, the equipment, I, I don't have what I need as far as the sensitivity goes. I didn't have what I needed um, as far as the hook set went. I mean, it just it just didn't work for me. Uh, I, I've, I've changed my chatterbait rod, which I say chatterbait, but it's also like my swim jig and a whole bunch of things. But like, I had to switch that because I wanted, you know, further casting distance. I wanted something longer. Um, and so, I mean, just things that I'm thinking about now. And but it's hard to figure out what you want what you want to do because if you do your research. Um, there's like everyone's just, there's, there's so many people that are different on what they want out of a rod. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to really pinpoint exactly what you want. So, I mean, and it's not hard, but it's something that I've been going back and forth with, uh, this year for a few of my rods. It can be kind of overwhelming too, depending on what line you want to run, because depending on exactly. if you're on carbon, you're going to change the action of your rod. Uh, yeah. cause at some point there has to be give, um, if there's not, I mean, it's, it's, if you're throwing an absolute brute of a rod on braid, lockdown drag on a swim jig, you might lose some fish. Right. Cause there's no, there's gotta be some sort of give at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so much to think about, but, uh, yeah, I just yeah. want to pick your mind a little, little bit about it. I mean, I, I think we could have even a better, deeper conversation if we had about another hour, but, uh, I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that much beer left. So, um, but, uh, yeah, man, you know, really happy about your season man because you know we've we started talking before the season started i was happy to see you do the co-angling i was happy to see you get those monsters at you know the st lawrence i mean that was a i mean the fish were nice but that smile in that excitement that you can see in those pictures was was just amazing uh and obviously you know talking to you before you did the uh bass i knew how important it was for you to go to the stage and you know and, and you know and covid being the uh the bitch that she is uh she she kind of canceled a lot of things and a lot of uh you know there's a lot of things i wanted to do this year uh, you know, a lot of things I was chasing that I just couldn't do because of uh, the states that were restricted. So, you know, I missed a lot of events that I wanted to do. So it was nice to see that you did have, you know, a lot of success this year and you get to go to the big show that you want to go to. And, uh, you know, congrats on all that shit, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to uh, the rest of the season. I still got probably five more tournaments, I think. Three, four, four, four more tournaments. No, five. Yeah, five. Five more tournaments, and then pretty much hopefully by that time, Bass will have announced where Texas tournament's going to be, and it'll probably be mid-March, and I'll probably start my uh, my study from, from then on and getting prepared for that. I mean, I say that, but I've already been looking at Navionics at all the lakes around Ray Roberts and trying to get a feel for all of them, which I shouldn't do because that's just going to overwhelm me and cook me out. So, But that's just well, me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hire you to look at uh, Chickamauga for me because I've never been there. And uh, I've already started looking at it. I'm like, I don't even know what it's going to be like to fish in Tennessee in November. So um, looking for, looking forward to it. But I, I got a lot of homework I got to start doing. Is it end of November? Yeah, I think it's like the late November, uh, like the sort of like the twenty something. I think is what it is. So I know it's going to be a good fall bite. I talked to some people. I looked into it. It's like, you know, bait, you know, bait fish will be in balls by then and whatever. So we'll we'll see. But whatever. Eyes glued to the TV for the Bassmaster Elite Series. It's there like a week and a half prior. Great. That means everything that it's going to be gone anyways. Well, it gives you. <laughs> I mean, it gives you something to look at at least. It gives yeah. you an idea how it's fishing, what they're using, and then then you can go from there. Not necessarily right. take spots because that's pretty hard to figure out depending on, especially for us being up here. Um, but I know guys do that, but just get an idea of what the bait, what the fish are coning in on. Um, 
different, you know, recent tournaments are a huge key to kind of figure out different things that can kind of help you um, prioritize your practice, I should say. Right, right. Yeah, well, well, we'll fun. figure it out. I'll be, I'll be picking your mind a lot from here to there, so whatever. <laughs> All right, fun. man, well, is there anyone you want to thank? Like I said, last time I talked to you was seven months ago, and now you, you work with AMP and Douglas and who else? So here's your turn uh, or time to thank whoever makes fishing easier for you. Man, well, I got you know since since then since I've last been on, uh, I have had an addition to the podcast. So I got to give him a shout out. It's my good buddy Andrew Full, who's now my co-host for Monday Night Lives. So he's he's been a huge help. Andrew's one, one of my best friends, so it's been a blast with uh, you know working with him. We got some big stuff in the works. Um, there, man, there's a lot of people I could think that's helped me learn a lot this year. Um, but a huge shout out to my sponsors and my partners, obviously Douglas and Queen and uh, Amped Outdoors. Uh, Matt at Amped is an absolute legend. So uh, if you're looking for lithium, if you if Derek Brundle hasn't sold you on it yet, then I'm gonna try my damn in this. <laughs> but uh, a few shouts to them, and then shout out to uh, to, to the old lady and uh, my family because they're I fish just about every other day. I'm not with them, uh, and I don't have stuff to do. Uh, thankfully, right now my job is a rep, and I can work on the water. So I've been putting a lot of time in and uh, they've been very patient with me telling them, hey, I'm going to the water tomorrow for five hours. And it turns out to be 12. So uh, <laughs> huge shout out to them. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on again. It's, it's always good to be on. Good talk to you. And man, I hope you kill them at the state championship. Hope you yeah, figure we'll, them out. We'll see, man. But uh, appreciate you coming to the show. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know, we didn't really say anything about it, but you run the serious angler podcast. And so make sure you guys check that out. Bailey's good talk again. Uh, I'll see you or talk to you soon, bro. Thank you, man. Take care.